0: Hello, welcome to the Research and Innovation Podcast. My name is Hannah Collis. I'm a researcher in Occupational and Organisational Psychology at Leeds University Business School.
1: Hello, and I'm Dr Matthew Davis, an Associate Professor in Organisational Psychology here at Leeds University Business School.
0: So we are currently working on a research project, which is exploring the return to the workplace after the pandemic. In previous podcasts and in our webinars and blog posts that we've produced as part of this project, we've discussed a lot about what people have done in order to work in the office due to COVID-19, as well as the plans and reflections from individuals designing offices for employees coming back once the lockdown has been lifted. But what we haven't really commented on so far is how to make it a success and what could also be done to make the most of it. So I think the first question, Matt, is drawing on your own research and experience when working with organisations. What can these organisations be doing to ensure that the changes they're making um, and their return to the workplace is a success moving forwards?
1: That's a great question, Hannah. Um, And I think before we get into thinking about how to approach the change, uh, I think we just need to recognise and appreciate uh, quite how different everybody's experience will have been over this past year. And in particular, when we're talking about the return to the workplace, we absolutely have to recognise that for some people, they never left the workplace. They've been working on site during the pandemic for the whole time. So whether that's in care homes or hospitals or supermarkets, or actually even in more traditional office-based jobs, uh, but in roles that couldn't be performed away from the physical office. So we have people in, in these roles We also have people who've been working predominantly at home um, and their experiences will have differed a lot as well, depending on their personal circumstances. Working from home is very different if you have children present versus if you're on your own. So all of these things will be influencing how people feel um, that this last year has been. and Also, how they feel about coming back maybe into the workplace for some for the first time since maybe March 2020. For others, they might be feeling anxious or unsettled by the thought of having more people come back into the office that they've been used to working in, maybe under very kind of low numbers in the office, socially distanced, Um, and that will feel quite different for them as well now, having more people coming back over the coming months. So we just need to be mindful of that. Um, I think a lot of the discussion around the return to offices in particular has focused around safety measures, things like improving ventilation uh, and hygiene practices, looking at transport and commuting, which are all really, really important. And particularly when we're thinking about the context of COVID-19 and how we try to reduce the spread of the virus and make these places as safe as they possibly can be. But we also need to think about this actually as a change that people are are undergoing. And particularly if the office is going to be different to what they left, how do we approach this? How do we start thinking about the future and how we can maybe adapt or, or change the office and our ways of working to make the most of what's happened as people have embraced home working and digital tools more over this past year. And I think there's six key things that we should be thinking about when we approach this change then. And this is based on a great number of years of of research looking at the design of of offices in particular and workplaces and thinking about this as a, a change process. So we know these things are important and they're especially important now Uh, given the, the turmoil and the disruption to people's lives. So I think the first key thing is just to engage with staff and to be open around this and really to listen to the experience they've had, the lessons they've learned around their own working preferences and what helps them to be productive and to manage their time, but also to understand the differences between people's roles and what they need to do their work effectively. So the type of environments which are Are important for somebody who's working very much individually versus somebody who's very much dependent on others in their team to get their work done are likely to be quite quite different and we need to think about that but engage with staff get their feedback help them to to actually kind of design and come up with the solutions that we're looking at here um, and to give us be that critical friend so if they can see that something's not going to work let's address that before we put it into place and i say simply, let's not rush this process either so we've been in an emergency situation and things have had to happen at pace for a very good reason. But if we're looking at decisions around the design or the changes to our offices, these will be with us for a number of years. And there's a big, big change of big choices. And unless there's a pressing need to have something different on day one, let's just take our time over this. Let's take our time to get the design right, to listen to, to employees to get feedback, to really maybe test out different ideas maybe different concepts with different groups within the office um, and make it an iteration as well. Let's learn, do things gradually and incrementally. As I said, recognize that everybody's had a different experience. So actually the levels of enthusiasm for change, enthusiasm for coming back to the office, uh, maybe in terms of uh, actually willingness to embrace things like hybrid working or um, you know, new digital tools, that will be different depending on how this last year has been for people. And I think we've got a real opportunity here. So the disruption of the pandemic has, you know changed our habits. It's kind of disrupted our habits we had and our expectations about what the office looked like, about what work routines and what work itself looked like. And this is a great time for us. And I think as, to be a manager or a leader at the moment means that actually you'll never have the same opportunity to really help people to think differently about how they work, to really start to embed good, healthy working practices. So what is the culture and the ways of working that we want to see in the office going forwards? Now, we've had this, this disruption, let's actually get people thinking about new ways of working which are better than what was there before. As we go through this process, let's build in more resilience and adaptability. So ways of working, ways of organizing and designing our office space that means this flexibility. If teams change, if the nature of how we get our work done changes, if we have to go back into social distancing, Let's not tie our hands in terms of how this actually is designed. So let's not over-optimize things. Let's have a bit more resilience in, in how we work. Let's also consider new starters and more junior members of staff. They're likely to be the, the people most uh, most keen to, to get back into the office, into the workplace, uh, to meet others and learn from others. If they're coming in on their own or their teams aren't coming in at the same time, let's think about how we support them how we help them to engage and create social situations to support them
0: i think there's some absolutely great points that you've touched on there matt and i think you're right in that these are all things that haven't really been spoken about much in the broader um, context of this pandemic even through our own channels and in the news and things like that as well i think this is all things that people haven't really considered but really should be moving forward and i think that sort of leads us on to a, a second topic, which I think we wanted to touch on today, which is mo- a lot more about how organisations can make the most of this experience in this time moving forward. Um, so rather than using this process as a, a reactive and maybe a struggle to get back to how things might used to be what the, the normal was, if there is, ever is going to be a, a new normal um, but maybe instead have op- organisations use this as an opportunity to invest and to change and use it for the better. What more could they be doing, um, whether this is potentially investing in wellbeing and health um, developments in the workplace, or if it's investing in other staff training or cross-skilling, for example? Um, is there anything else there that you think organisations could be doing to make the most of this then?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think you've uh, really uh, touched on uh, some of the positives that could come from this. And let's be honest, the last 15 months for a lot of people have been pretty miserable in very many ways with the government restrictions, uh, potentially kind of damages to to their own health, concern for loved ones and, and others. Um, it's been a tough time. So what can we do to make really the most of this destruction? Are there positives we can take from this? Um, And I think that's a a really nice thing to have been hearing from the partners that we work with, Um, so in the public and the private sector, and the way they're thinking about trying to improve and to build back better, to steal that phrase. Um, And I think some of this then is looking again at how do we support well-being within the workplace? Um, And you touched on this in in terms of how we might link the design of the workplace uh, to to supporting well-being. And I think what we're hearing much more is people thinking about uh, things like biophilia as a way of bringing in maybe more positive uh, environmental design as well so bringing planting and natural finishes into the workplace we know from the research that that is you know it helps to support pe- many people's mental health it can, can stimulate creativity as well there's kind of indoor air benefits from having uh, natural plants and uh, in, in the environment lots of positives from from that and this sense of restoration and calm that it can induce as well the other thing I think is also looking just at the the type of space and the the nature of the spaces that we provide within offices. And one of the reasons I said I think we should not rush into to changes is because I think we really need to take a bit of time to understand people's needs and experience at the moment. And I think there's a danger that we're just going to reach for assumptions and that's 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 not a healthy thing. So for example, we're having lots of discussion in the business press around Hybrid working and how people will want to visit the office to have lots of interaction, stimulation that they can't get at home. So to see other people has been really exciting spaces um, to be, kind of having lots of chance encounters all the time. Now, absolutely, for some people that's likely to be what they're missing and what they really crave and want to get back to that social contact. But for others. And we need to remember different situations people are in. There's a lot of people who've been making do in really poor work space at home, maybe where they've had lots of other people living in the same house and not being able to get quiet time and so on, or just the other circumstances they have in their life. Um, they are craving and really looking forward to going back to the office to get quiet space, to think, to work individually, um, a fixed desk to work at and lay out their, their work again. If they've been working from a kitchen counter or their bed so we need to be mindful of that that not everybody is going to want the same thing from the office environment and actually for some people stepping back into a hyper connected really stimulating very busy office environment is going to be harmful and actually it's not going to be providing what they need to work effectively so we need to be a bit more nuanced in this but given your background Hannah I'm sure you've got other ideas around how we might tie this all into mental health well-being and and positivity as well
0: yes of course and I think obviously the introduction of things like biophilia like you said can also really help with well-being and just general interpretations of the workplace and it it's been shown in research that just having more plants around you can really make you feel better and more comfortable in your work environment and I think In terms of other areas of sort of well-being and mental health I think like you said it's this continuous engagement with staff which needs to take place this ongoing conversation whether that is specifically around health and well-being or if it's just about what people might want out of their working practices and obviously this whole more than a year now has been completely different so even If people are now starting to feel comfortable working from home and they don't want to go back, that's absolutely fine. But their experiences of working from home during the pandemic are very, very different to the experience of working from home when everything's back to normal. Are they then going to feel isolated and left out of office conversations when they previously wanted to work from home? So I don't think this needs to this shouldn't be a not necessarily even a one size fits all, but a one time is representative of that individual. I think there's so many re- so much research in my own research which shows how much people can change over time based on their experiences. And so when you are deciding how to come back or what to include, what people want, you need to continuously review this and learn from what people are saying, but also understand that these employees are changing as well. So don't be offended or get um, frustrated when employees' attitudes and thoughts about how they want to work is going to change in 12 weeks, six months' time, because working from home now is not going to be the same as working from home.
1: Absolutely, Hannah. I couldn't agree more. I think it kind it, of it makes me really happy uh, to hear this idea about um, continual review and thinking about how we iterate design and keep improving this and learn from what we've been doing. Um, and I think... Um, I think we that's one of the things we need to be making sure we build into um, our office designs and the way that we work and the technologies that we use to have a bit more resilience and flexibility built in because the environment changes how we work will change um, over time as well so let's not lock ourselves into one way of doing things Um, but I think we need to be very honest I think as leaders as managers as designers um, very honest and and humble with our our staff and, and colleagues about the fact that we we probably aren't going to get this right first time around. So there's probably going to be some trial and error, um, learning what works for uh, particular teams, for groups, um, and individuals depending on their preferences. So I think we need to have that humility um, and also invite feedback and honest feedback to help us improve, help us to uh, fine-tune designs and, and ways of working. One other thing that just struck me as you were talking was Um, This idea that people have had different experiences, we keep coming back to this. Um, I think we also need to just recognise that some of the data that businesses are making decisions on at the moment around uh, workplace design and ways of working going forward um, is not perfect. So a lot of the employee data um, that are being used are surveys that were taken during the pandemic when people have been working from home for quite a long time um, and making assumptions about... How they might want to use the office going forwards. Now, I think there's difficulties with this for two reasons. One is that they're thinking about the office they left in March 2020 in many cases. That may well be very different to the office they'll be returning to, depending on choices be made by the organisation, technological tools and things they're using now. But also because we're making decisions based on what our homeworking experience has been like during a pandemic. I probably don't have to say this, but this is not a normal time to be working and certainly not a normal time to be working from home. And then finally as well, what we need, how we work and what we do in the office is going to be dependent on what other people do as well. So we may decide that a particular pattern would work best for us, but that may not survive first contact with reality when we find our key team members or other people that we want to work alongside or to see are having a different pattern to ourselves so we might find actually there's a bit of changing and evolution as people settle into new routines work out how others are working as well and um, we're not working on our own or we won't be uh, when we're back in office environments so it's much more interactive than that so i would say again we need to be cautious about rushing into changes we need to let things settle down when we get uh, more of our, our our colleagues our staff back into the workplace back into offices and just to allow things to, to evolve and to learn how people are going to settle into new routines and ways of working before we make any long-term decisions.
0: Also just to add one final thing onto that is that it's not necessarily the employee's responsibility to tell you how they're feeling. I think as an employer you also need to really actively seek feedback from your employees. Don't leave it to them to tell you when they're not okay. I think so much throughout this pandemic Everyone sort of said, oh, yeah, I'm fine, or it's okay, it'll do. I think we really, especially as we're moving back into changing workplaces as well, I think we really need to have those deeper conversations about actually how is it, like how exactly are you finding this? How could this be better for you? I think we should really be encouraging a kind of an optimal workplace, not just a it'll do workplace whether that is how it is at the moment, or you might need to make some changes in the future. I think that's what we should be looking for, not just getting by. So we've sort of come to the end of our um, discussion now. I think if you've got, if you're interested in the project tool, if you want to find out more about the research that we're conducting on this return to the workplace, um, please check out our website, which is in the podcast show notes. So thank you very much. I'm Hannah Collis. You can find my details online as well. And I've been speaking to Matt Davis.